Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here, as per usual, with Josh Olswich. Hey, Josh. Hey, Brian. How's it going? I still haven't figured out Twitch emojis. I don't really understand the uh, cult status of them. I don't know. If, I didn't know I there know. was a cult status of Twitch emojis. But if people are listening to the audio of this, <laughs> you know you can catch us on Twitch. Username is LedgerStatus there, and you can uh, catch the streams in real time. And uh, we answer some questions during those. And sometimes a little before, a little after the show. So you can get a little bonus action if you uh, check us out on Twitch, which you should obviously be doing. Uh, but of course, obviously. of course, the obviously. audio version is good, too. We're recording a day in advance this week because I'm going to uh, be peacing out tomorrow for a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad we are because, you know, we've seen... Everything we've everything we've said, all our bullishness is just playing out here, Josh. We're we're getting we're getting the action that we dreamed of on Bitcoin, Ethereum. You know, you said you cringed at in Ethereum we trust, but I'm just saying trusting in Ethereum was the right move two weeks ago, wasn't it? Um no Yeah, comment? sure. No comment. Like if you want to talk about returns over the past two weeks, sure. It's, Ethereum's done great. I've made money on Ethereum. I'm happy it's up. Yeah, it's getting um, a little long in the tooth, but I'm uh, I'm still long in my longs. I believe. Um, I I just worry about this structure because it like it had a pullback it's like straight up, <laughs> and it's just I like this type of consolidation. Where is it? The like triangular consolidation, like this stuff. Yeah, versus like this goofy rising stuff. Uh-huh. I do not know. Like, I, yeah, it's that a little, makes me super nervous. It's a little dicier. Um, yeah. One of the things I've been tracking is ETH BTC starting to lag a little bit. Um, gave up some. Well, you can see it looks like it gave up a level there. There it is. Yeah, on the four hour, you can see it's starting to round off a little bit. Looks like it might want to go back and test 0.032 or so. Of course, that's not bearish in the in the longer term sense. It's just the type of consolidation you may expect. But uh, you know, a sign that maybe the Ethereum side of the move is, um, you know, needs to chill a little bit. I mean, certainly from 240, it's hardly stopped aside from you know four hours of. Well, not, it wasn't even four hours that big week down. It was like 12 minutes of craziness. Um, it, um, man, that looks so terrible on low time frames. On the hourly, this rounded top, oof. Yeah, yeah, on the hourly, it's it's pretty pretty nasty against BTC. But people can see how it, it like mutates from a rising wedge to this not quite breakdown, then rounded top, and now it's in the cloud, and then... Yeah, but now all it's got to do is break up from there, and then it can turn into an ascending triangle and continue on, carry on. I thought you were going to say, well, Josh, it's a falling wedge now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everything, this could just all be, like, you know, Bitcoin 2, 11.8, it could just be a bearish retest up into that block from where we topped at 12K, and we make some kind of M and retest 10K and shake out all the bulls. We could That could be what we're doing. So what you're saying it could go up or down, right? Could, it could go up or down. I'm saying that's the, that's the risk. <laughs> the difference is, for me, uh, and I don't know which one. Where's my chart that has, like, the important levels? Of course, now I can't find it. Um, from my point of view, 
we're clearing definitively 11.5 on the weekly if we don't screw it up. Um, which, once you clear that, I mean, you're kind of off to the races. So. Yeah, it's all growing up so fast, though. It's always better if we consolidate for 30 days. People hate sitting through that, but it's better for the long term. Because, like, if we shoot up like we did through March, June last year, it's just going to crash again. Like, that's this boom bust stuff isn't ideal for long term, yeah. multi week, multi year runs. I get it. But we've been talking about that for metals, for instance, for a while. And yeah. they just won't stop. We've talked about it for equities. They won't stop. All right. So here's the levels I was talking about 11.5. And then the next one is kind of the underside of the 2017 consolidation when we topped, which was like 13.8, 14K. Also, the June 2019 top was for around 13.8, 14K. So in my mind, this weekly, breaking the 2019 weekly close, it just, like the next thing is to go blast up into 14K, and then we may range between 11.5 and 14 for that consolidation. That could be, like, we don't know when the 30-day consolidation starts, and there's like a $2,000 move up that you could miss out on if you start to take your spot profits here. Uh, and when I look at what's happened in some other markets, they've moved farther than you would anticipate and they, uh, they're hard to, hard to ignore. Um, I we had a perfect four hour setup for a head and shoulders for BTC, like absolutely perfect. On and a downward, downward, head and shoulders yeah right a reversal yeah yeah so that's a failed head and shoulders which is hyper bullish right exactly uh, so people <laughs> man you know i post the chart and i get 15 comments on either side of the opinion but like like i said before on this podcast this beautiful and lovely podcast that head and shoulders is never a continuation sign it never is the litmus test for any reversal pattern means it goes down. Like this is never a continuation pattern. It's a reversal if it fails to break the level. Yeah. But yeah. um, So anyway, Uh, one other big macro thing is the cloud on the weekly. We had, we fulfilled three different criteria. uh, And I'm sure we're fulfilling the fourth of the Carpe Noctum. I'm going to go to switch to yours because my cloud, no, I my cloud's see. not as visually appealing, but the cloud flipped green, TK cross, price above I, the cloud. I didn't even see that. That's... Yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is Mega Moon. Josh Carpe Noctum. Don't uh, keep it simple. Stupid says long the balls off this right. Yeah, we're kind of except for it might be the top if you compare. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like. This is the risk, obviously. Yeah, you know, of look course. At, look at these candles. Look yeah. at where we were, yeah. look at the cloud, and look at these candles, uh-huh. look at where we were, look uh-huh. at the cloud. Look at that R1, we're going uh, yeah. to 14K, 13K. 13-something, yeah. I, I so, think it's just going to go a little farther than everybody expects. It's going to be get everybody talking like, oh, man, we're going to all-time high, and then it starts consolidating. That's when the big wicks come in. That's my That's my working thesis for how I'm positioned. Whether it'll but ruin me or not, I have no idea. The other side of that is we may have already had our fake out already, and this is the real deal. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's still like we're not quite there as far as 
my ultra confidence that it's going to moon short term. I think 13 is an inevitability. I just don't know if anything past 13. Um, because even on the, is it already a bear div? Uh, yeah, it's a bear div on the daily. Yeah. May I present? So. May I present? I can't, I, I know we don't always say like, you know, gold's a perfect corollary, but I can't look at gold, do this, just like we said last week, and think like Bitcoin's not going to be the high beta version of this. Gold, all-time high. Gold retraces, practically non-existent. Like, it just took, it went from small candles, oh, maybe this is a breakout, to boom, 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 three weeks in a row of craziness. Well, again, it broke up from the banana. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If the banana's a reversal sign, and it didn't reverse, that's a strong bullish continuation. Right. I mean, it's just, that's beyond insane. Is is that due for a retrace? Absolutely. Has it retraced yet? Absolutely not. Look at freaking silver. Like, goodness gracious, look at this. Look at this. I had generational call option positioning on the silver ETF. I had uh, August something $17 calls that I sold like back here, and then it mooned for three more weeks. My calls would have been worth like (laughs) $40,000 that I just missed out on. Uh, I mean, I made some money, maybe like 4000 but I missed the vast majority of the profits because I did not foresee – I mean, excuse our language, but this is the epitome of giant green dildo on silver. Yeah. So in consideration of these things – I agree. I warrant that it's a little weird that you know Bitcoin chilled for all those weeks that it did, but it looks like we just got the first couple – if we're going to do the same thing and we could easily in my mind do 14 K we could be stupid and go to 18 K over the course of the next two or three weeks. These are things that I think are very, very possible. I don't want to get the potential of them uh, away from the realm of possibilities. I don't want to like send everything to cash and then be pissed off because I missed $5,000 of Bitcoin upside when I was well positioned for it. I feel like, Trail stops and stuff like that is the way to do it. And I, I don't know. The, I, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So it depends. All your, all everything you're saying, I agree with. And it completely depends on your positioning right now. I mean, yeah. you shouldn't ever be out of spot positions in my mind. Like there's, there's virtually never a time to be out of a spot position. Unless, I, be, I believe we are in a, a strong bull market and therefore I believe spot is important. And then, you know, what we're talking about is trying to increase your Bitcoin. Maybe right. that is hubris. Maybe we are, um, you know, trying to get out beyond our skis by wanting to increase our Bitcoin while Bitcoin is going up so much. But, you know, that's what a speculator does. Yeah, I think it's perfectly perfectly reasonable when you have a bias and you have an edge and you think you know where the market is going. You might as well put some money on that, right? Like, yeah. And so far I've had one of my best margin runs uh, – in a long, long time by having conviction, but then kind of learning from my mistakes in the metals markets where I've been super bullish. But in metals, I took profit way too quickly. And I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that crypto is lagging for whatever reason. And maybe it's because the, you know, some, you know, like the junk pumps last um, in a, in a legacy sense, crypto's the junk, you know, in the crypto sense, it's like when the small caps go start being wary so maybe it's time to be wary in legacy markets with metals and things like that. But the fact that 
crypto and Bitcoin's going now, people are looking for what's the next big mover. Oh my gosh, I missed uh, silver. I missed gold. Like, holy crap. Now what do I do? Well, I guess I'll buy Bitcoin at $11,000 because it's having a weekly breakout and it hasn't hit its all-time high yet. Those are the people we're, we're, we're pulling in right now, in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the way we go higher is we're at 13, 14, and people look at everything else compared to BTC, like you're saying, and they're just like, okay, like, I don't care what the price is now. It looks good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's how we keep going, you know, and then we hit the all-time high, and then we break the all-time high, and then madness ensues with price discovery. You know, that's certainly a possibility. I don't think that's a high probability, but yeah, it's I feel a possibility. Like, I feel like we're more like silver. Like, silver has had a mega move, but it's just hitting its uh, all-time high consolidation that it broke down from. It's not going to all-time highs. Uh, in terms of like the potential of the move, like gold is at all time high. Silver has had a bigger move, but it was lagging so badly that it's not at an all time high. I think Bitcoin could go to 17K, the under, you know, like the into the congestion area from 2017. And that would be an incredible move, of course, from sub 12K. Um, I think that's possible. And it would still be kind of, kind of wild. Uh, without being an all-time high. Again, we were at 4K in March. <laughs> uh, I, yes. It's just If you insane. want me to say that it's insane, I will agree. <laughs> I keep I keep staring at Overstock's chart because it keeps going. Like, Overstock is at $93 today. Overstock was at $250 in March. $2.50 to $92 plus. Yeah. I mean, this um, is a stupid market that does stupid things, so sometimes you just grab the bull by the horns and hold on. Yeah. So if I'm super bullish like we are now, I always like to look at the fundamentals a little bit, like the on-chain activity and BTC active addresses continue to moon. Transactions are kind of flattened down, um, but ETH ETH uh, transactions per day are almost at an all-time high. Yeah. Active address is almost at an all-time high. So the on-chain activity for ETH and BTC both look super strong here. So, and with ETH, that's a lot of obvious, you know, speculation with um, both DeFi and the Uniswap stuff and everything going on there. Yeah, but you can't you can't discount it and say you know it's just like I want to. It's just DeFi. It's just people speculating on garbage like you are. So <laughs> it's still on chain activity, and it still requires ETH demand. You know, like there's yeah. still lock up for ETH. There's still yield garbage all this other stuff like it doesn't matter it's all the same yeah, at the end of the day you're doing constant transactions they're extremely expensive uh right yeah yeah uh, all right real real quick i just gotta jump back to this overstock chart look at this complete and utter lack of dips and a low of two dollars and fifty cents up to ninety three dollars today if overstock can do that bitcoin can go to 18k or 17k or whatever i'm just saying yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's an insane chart. Not sure. to mention the queues. Like the queues, this was our recession. <laughs> you know? We're still, aren't we still in a recession? Yeah, sure, point? from an economic perspective. But we're, uh, I don't, I mean, just, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, let's bring up Tezos. Looks like Doge, by the way, didn't really Doge, recover. Doge didn't recover. TikTok couldn't pull through. TikTok bands couldn't pull through. Um, Stellar had that dump. This is a nice head and shoulders, another like diagonal. Because this is what I was worried about for BTC. Yeah. Um, 
So that's stellar. Uh, Tezos BTC is, I think I said this, I said this on a video or the podcast that it was bouncing on all time high zone. So I don't know. To me, it still looks fine. You, it doesn't you mean look like the previous all time high. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The Bitcoin chart for Tezos is a lot scarier to me than the USD one looks amazing. Here's my Bitcoin chart. Let's see that 200 day moving average. I mean, it's slamming into the underside, but I can't look at the dollar version of this uh, and be bearish. Like that just looks like it's going to explode upwards and it's breaking out higher while we talk. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it looks like ETH pre move. And we've talked about this many times, but when you're rotating around, the charts tend to look similar. And if something's already moved, like ETH, people start to look for the next one, right? So yeah. they're like like us, we're rotating from ETH to Tezos or from Tezos to or from ETH to something else, whatever. Um, and that's part of this as well, where you get this rotation effect from alt to alt. Yeah, and I don't think this is necessarily where we are in the cycle, but that Tezos chart, I mean, doesn't look too different from back when uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum had its huge USD run up in um, November 2017. Remember? Yeah, when if we just that ascending triangle from 375. Well, we don't have to go that far back. We can just say, okay, there was a cup and handle on ETH. There was a cup and handle on BTC. Tezos could go between fourth. 40 and five, 10. Like that's, that's where this is headed. Definitely an all time high, uh, USD price. Do you think. think Tezos has kind of gotten behind on the narrative front? Like seems like very quickly, if you aren't DeFi, you aren't anything in this alt market, you know? Yeah. I mean, every time I write an article about Tezos, it's like, what's going on with Tezos? Well, 80% of the coins are locked up in staking. So that means there's not much else to do with it. So, <laughs> If you're not getting yield besides staking, it's it's like that girlfriend meme where they're holding <laughs> the boyfriend is with is with Tezos, but looking at all this yield farming stuff is like hmm. Or even ADA, ADA is rotating into proof of stake. So people who aren't community members to Tezos are just looking for another other options. Yeah, hence why mover, I lagged. Right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, XRP, people were giving me crap about this. I don't remember what I said to initiate it, but the XRP army or whatever came at me. And they were like, somebody even said, chart this, you coward. Uh, the USD chart looks pretty good on XRP, but my thing was the BTC chart looks like it's just going right into resistance, so it's not proving anything to me yet. Um Oh, it was because I talked about Jed McCaleb selling $375,000 a day of XRP at current valuations. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Anytime someone wants to be long XRP, I just say, you know what? You're just, Somebody is selling the crap out of it, so it might look great. You're just providing Jed McCaleb liquidity, and he is becoming a millionaire every three days because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he did it right. You know, if you're going to create a coin and leave it and get all this money and continue to destroy it after you're gone by selling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the dream, right? Create a project, leave, continue making money. Yeah, sure. It's the, it's absolutely the dream. I mean, it's insane on a USD basis. I do agree. I mean, it, it, it's breaking the weekly high. Like if I was just looking at this in a isolation, I would not, 
be bearish. I'm not bearish USD, but I'm bullish Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin will drag things up with it. Um, my whole Bitcoin chart was probably top things. I feel like I should just say that. Uh, or my, not my chart, my rant was probably top things, but I doesn't make it a lesser potential. Um, yeah, I, I definitely I mean, want to be a dip buyer. Even if we go, to, like, even if it is top things, I definitely want to be a dip buyer. Like, it's a it's a tough it's a tough balance right now between like wanting to be leveraged, be exposed, and then also be prepared to buy the dips. And you just have to. I'm in the season of like staring at the chart all the freaking time. That's my solution uh, for how yeah, I'm playing it. I agree. Um, I was just looking up the cost of a Big Mac because I don't think, at least in the U.S., it, it obviously differs. But I don't think we ever see three ninety nine for ease, regardless of BTC price. I just don't see it. If I was Jed and I wasn't bound to you investing for XRP? schedule for XRP, yeah, sorry. If I was Jed not bound to a schedule of any kind, I would just sell the crap out of it as it goes higher. I would just sell more and more and more. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just selling a, a set amount. Like, I think he's got eight billion left, or he's got billions left to sell. Yeah, and if you look at the volume on Bitstamp, it's obviously, I think it's McCaleb. I'm pretty sure that's where he's selling. Yeah, so I don't know like how much he if he's getting his distribution over time. Anyway, the XRP army, I will state your case. They say Credible Crypto, who I don't find very credible. Sorry, bud. Uh, <laughs> was the one critiquing me about this and saying like, you know, the percentage that he is selling is, you know, like some fraction of one percent of overall volume i don't care it's just it's still sell pressure it's no it's like miners except for this is a pre-minted shit coin um yep and it's just it's sell pressure no matter what you want to say it's also narrative pressure because you're talking about someone that was involved in the project that now at any price is like yeah i just want to be out of this because this is great dollars are great i will use those dollars to invest in other things not xrp and the reason for that is xrp is garbage Fundamentally, technically, I don't I don't care what criteria you give it. The only reason XRP is anywhere close to the price it is is because it scam pumped in its origination phase from like one tenth of one cent. I can't find a chart for it uh, up to like twenty five cents, and then it took advantage of December twenty seventeen's mayhem and scam pumped to three dollars and now it's just in the world's longest distribution phase for a whole bunch of corporate douchebags that have billions and billions of these things and they're dumping them on retail forever and ever for their riches and congrats to them and anyone buying into that narrative is just feeding it for them and they are going to eventually lose money and be sad sorry i'm in big rant mode today I don't. I don't think I've ever heard you rant that hard. You've never gone that hard in the paint about anything. I, I just went pretty hard in the paint. Look but at that markup I, from back then. I agree with you. So this is this isn't actually a public index. Uh, I don't think, but it's BNC's Ripple Index. Yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but that pump was just some kind of low liquidity. They had control of the supply. They just pushed it to a quarter. That's the only thing that ever made it worth that, right? Um. I think at the time. The, they, st- they said they were going to lock up some in some escrow. Yeah, and there was corporate partnership narratives, the same old junk, but there's no real reason for it to have value. But all of those people that have that supply of billions and billions of XRP, they're, well, their price is zero, but even their relative, like, thing, the way they think about it is back there at whatever, I, my picture in picture is in the way. 
point zero zero five dollars. Yeah. It um that's why they're so rich, right? And they can <laughs> they can do all this stuff. And here's a monkey to throw into this, but if they do an IPO, what do you think happens with XRP? It friggin' dumps. I don't know. You think so? I don't know. I think an IPO it, would, would it, moon this thing. Yeah, it probably would. But I I think we'd see Big Mac parody if they do an IPO. They just leech more dollars out of the economy over and over again because on top of their token, which is a security that they just leech dollars out of, and on top of that, they're raising hundreds of millions of dollars for Ripple, the corporation. And on top of that, they're talking about an IPO where they're just going to leech dollars out of retail and people are going to do scammy blockchain blah, blah, blah crap in the public markets. Uh, it's just more and more ways of them raising money while they provide absolutely no value to this entire ecosystem. So I agree. It's just it's just like a, a leech. It's a leech on the entire ecosystem. It's a pointless blockchain, and it's people. It, it, it's founded by people who already moved on. Yep. This reminds me of a nomad chart from years ago where uh, we were talking about the Bitcoin all-time high and how like all this stuff doesn't exist to most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really for, for ripple off on the linear scale. It's, it's all about like down here, you know? Right. I'm not saying it can't pump. This is not me saying like it can't pump. Of course it can pump. I've owned ripple before because it could pump. You, you own tendies because it can pump. Uh, yeah, that's right. I bought tendies because it could pump. Uh, <laughs> That Ripple price back in 2015 is the same price as Zamp right now, which is one of those Uniswap gems. So, like, I, I I put about as much merit to Ripple as I do Zamp. Maybe more in Zamp because it's much more deflationary. <laughs> I don't know anything about Zamp. It's anti-Ample Forth, whatever Ample Forth is. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, regarding Ripple. <sighs> So Ripple, Stellar, they're all the same. And then ETC was 51% attacked twice this week. Yeah. Is what it, is going is on, it, man? Is it bullish just because like somebody values ETC enough to 51% attack it? <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody said that in, my, in this Discord I'm in, and I almost lost it. Um, they were joking. but I'm joking, too, but I, I'm <laughs> sure. Why not? No, they're 51% attacking it because it's cheap relative yeah, cheap to the to reward. And it's also nice hashable is what Winthorpe told me. So like it makes it easier to Somebody execute. spent, they spent 200 K and got 5 million. Like that's a no brainer, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. Um, and who's going to come after you for that? Nobody. Yeah. It's nobody. a victimless crime. Really? Yeah. Crypto 51 dot app is a website that you can see. Uh, it's the attack cost per hour to attack a coin. And then nice, whether it's nice hashable, basically, makes it to where generic mining can accomplish the task. And Ethereum Classic is over 100% nice hashable. Uh, so kind of the relative market cap versus attack cost, which is only $7,200 an hour. So for one Bitcoin, you can attack Ethereum Classic for two hours, and it's $184 million market cap. And you can do it purely with nice hash, which you can just rent unlimited amounts of. So rolling back Ethereum Classic is free money. Right. And you know what? If I'm a hacker, I'm going to 51% attack it as long as I can, you know, until exchanges increase the 
confirmation times for coins or have some sort of surveillance, uh, it's just going to keep dumping. And it should. It should just keep dumping. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Ethereum Classic, they lost, right? It's, just, yeah, it's, I, game, it's game over. I think so, too. At, at this point, it's game over, for sure. Uh, all right, so I want to talk about uh, a couple of projects that don't want it to be game over. They're fighting. Zcash, making a move. They've got a happening coming up. Uh, we talked about the potential for this last week, and it's broken up nicely. I've played a couple of its intraday swings. It looks like it's at resistance to me now uh, on, the, on the weekly chart, kind of into the block it broke down from back in summer 2019. But, you know, one-year highs here. Can it reverse the trend? On a USD basis, it looks uh, pretty strong as well. Going back to, again, 2019 dollar highs. Uh, I mean, Zcash looks strong, has the halving coming up. There's still the you know super low supply narrative, whatever, with Zcash. I don't know what they ever decided with their founder's reward stuff, but uh, Zcash looks pretty good to me. And then uh, I got into Monero thinking it might do something similar and lagging. Uh, because it was just refused to move forever. I mean, it's like we talked about last week, it's consolidated for a year. So uh, it finally looked good to me. So I'm playing that as a lagging Zcash play. What do you think about these? Yeah, sorry, just uh, fixing something on the chart here. Um, yeah, I like Monero a lot um, from a technical perspective. Fundamental perspective. Um, I, there was a poll that I put out a couple of weeks ago where I was super bullish on it, or super, super medium on it because it looked like it was head and shouldersing. But now it's, um, it's like a, another failed head and shoulders, right? Like so, it should, it should pop up. Yeah, looks. I mean, both of these look good to me, and they've lagged. Um, I think this is the type of thing that you can get interested in, where you're. Uh, rolling off to relatively large caps, or maybe they're mid caps now, but uh, they still have a decent narrative and all that stuff. So that's kind of why I'm interested. Uh, also, Monero versus USD is breaking out relative to its $88 USD high. Um, my other thing with Monero is it just moves fast when it moves, or it did back in the day. Like its weekly relative to BTC charts were insane. Uh, so if it breaks out after a year-long consolidation, then I'm pretty bullish on that. And I, XMR is one of the few coins where I feel like almost everybody likes it fundamentally. Um, it's a popular fun project fundamentally. Um, so, yeah, if this alt run continues, that's the type of thing that I'm interested in. But I could also get stuck sitting in this for way longer than I want and just have to bail, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like it. I'm still holding it from December whenever I bought. Um, that was one one of the ones I didn't sell recently. So yeah, I like it. I've, I just don't like, I've never, I'll never buy Zcash unless the chart looks absolutely compelling like it did in December when I bought it and doubled up on it. Yeah, um, yeah right now I don't think, I think the upside is limited. 150 max, max. Put me on record, Brian. 150 max. 150 max. That's fine. I mean, I've been in it for less than a day both times I've owned it, and it was like <laughs> 6 or 8% really quickly because that's the type of thing Zcash does, and then I was out. Um, this DeFi stuff, it's not all the same. Like Ampleforth 
uh, just looks like it's constantly dumped. And I think this has some kind of programmatic thing. It's like supposed to be a dollar. I don't I don't know anything about Ampleforth, but some of them have done really well, like Soul, SOL, uh, MTA is another one. Like there's a whole slew of these DeFi coins. I don't really think I want to dig into it today in terms of like which direction people may look, but you know, not all DeFi is the same. There's a huge run of these DeFi coins or like people saying they're DeFi coins on Uniswap where they're showing up one day and they're, you know, tradable for two to five million dollar market caps the next and people are just kind of it's the low it's the the low uh low confidence plays uh but that's you know that uniswap stuff is very popular right now whether you dig in there i definitely say be careful i'm playing with a few of them like i mentioned before the show but you gotta gotta know what you're getting into there yeah i can't pretend to want to care about any of that stuff because I just don't. It's just all ultra risky lottery tickets gambling to it's me. It's also part of a frothy market. Like it's a, it's signs of a frothy market. Hey, we got a fun question from Bill. We've talked about this on dedicated episodes before. How do you strike the balance between BTC and alts? Uh, for example, if if they want to switch some some of their portfolio to Tezos on a breakout, uh, do you wait for BTC to break out first, or since uh, you know? Tezos on a relative basis is down. Do you invest in it to anticipate it will cover? How do you look at that? I mean, I just think about the rotation stuff. If something has moved and something else hasn't, and I'm confident in both equally, like I expect like the ETH versus Tezos example, you don't have to rotate your entire bag into it, but I would always acknowledge that I think this is going to go up. So I'm going to rotate a percentage. Yeah. It's more of a rebalancing strategy than anything else. Yeah, you don't have to go all or nothing, you know? Yeah, so I think you a have, lot of people... Say you have 20% of your portfolio in alts and you've got four alts that you like and you've got 5% in each. You can just rebalance back to a 5% balance of each one um, over time because if you get a double off of Link but Tezos doesn't move, then you can sell some Link and put it into Tezos, you know, stuff like that. And um, you can even pre-sell, like put asks or bids at certain levels... Uh, for certain pairs just to prevent yourself from being emotionally attached to it, you know, like uh, the ETH BTC stuff or um, some of the other pairs like Blink ETH, Tezos ETH, that sort of thing. Yeah. If you want to compare them on that relative basis. Um, and then this is a good follow up to something we've talked about for months is do we think this is lol? What uh, do we think? that we are finally decoupled from stocks. He said stonks, but I have a moral obligation not to say that. <laughs> it feels like we are, but everything's going up. So I, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I am. I think we are somewhat, uh, I think it'll be interesting if this is some kind of topping situation on legacy. We're filling this gap from our prior all time high on spy. Uh, if we see, some, I want to see what happens during legacy downside. I don't think we're fully separated. Just like looking at low time frames on market opens and market closes, I feel like we still pre- move pretty in sync intraday. Whether that plays out to the long time frame stuff, I don't know. Everything went down together and up together on a, on a large ter- time frame sense. So I'm not willing to say we're disconnected yet. And you've got a correlation chart. No, this is the VIX. I was going to say, um, did you see it broke down from 23? Yeah, yeah. VIX, VIX really took a dump, which 
Hence that, uh, you know, market wants to go up. The burr shall continue. The burr continues. It's bullish for crypto for sure. If yeah. anything, if there's one thing I can point to that's bullish for crypto, it's the VIX going sub 30, you know? Yeah, and uh, one more, Captain Enduro talking about the 10-year bond. I linked this the other day. I, you know, a lot of people are saying the way the bonds are moving versus uh, stocks, like somebody's lying. We're looking at bonds are back to the March lows, 50 basis points for the 10-year. Uh, the two-year, if it goes down much more, it's going to hit negativity. So, And they can't really go up based on Fed policy, so I don't know what the deal is there, like – Will we just see a permanent diver, uh, divergence there? That's scary in its own right, in some ways. And oh, I feel like when it was when it first happened and it broke the level, it was like the sky is falling. But now it's just like a normal thing. So it's like yeah. But eh, now we're cares? about to break new lows. Does that mean it? Like, can that signal a top? I think it could. I think that's the type of thing that could be a red herring. I mean, look at the Dixie. Yeah, have I mean, the dollar's this gotten destroyed. Yeah, I have what looked a lot. It's gotten absolutely it, demolished. It's amazing, <laughs> but it's what Trump wanted, right? A uh, cheap dollar. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I, I don't know how you can be one of the milkshake people now that we're talking about dollar shortage and needing the dollar to like the dollar to going to naturally be strong. Uh, I think it missed its chance when it broke down from a hundred in that consolidation back there. Um, yeah, it's just, which I was playing it for the milkshake theory from a hundred and lost. Uh, but what I should have done is once it broke down, say like all right that's game over after that type of consolidation like this baby's going down it's got i th- I do think it should retrace and maybe that could also coincide with the market going down a little bit but those are just hard games to play when the burr is so strong yeah i just think it all fuels alternative assets yeah other than dollar you know yeah i mean my strategy has continued to be bullish on uh, metals and having a cash position. And so far for me, the metals position has made up for everything else. I mean, I've basically, I've been in gold miners. They've almost tripled from my original entry and that was taking profit once and getting back in. Uh, so that's giving me the enough global market exposure in an asset I'm willing to be long in while gold's in price discovery, you know? Yeah. Uh, for long-term accounts, for me at least. Now, have I missed out not being in this and stocks? Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've I've managed to do okay anyways. Yeah, one last thing I'll say about BTC. This this head and shoulders failure reminds a lot of people of the um, 2019 head and shoulders failure here. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, fa- had like- a failure to top becomes bullish and continuation up. We had like the Bitstamp shenanigans. We had Binance trying to reorg the chain somewhere in here. I, I forget where exactly, but yeah, I tend to think we're somewhere in there too, where we're. I feel like maybe we got one more good leg in this, and we got to chill for a while. Yeah, but I said that throughout April to July, and look what happened. Yeah, you know, like what if what if this is April right now? <laughs> well, that would be wild. But my bet is it's more like June. We have another leg up. Um, my hope then is that we, after a consolidation like what we had in 2019, instead of breaking down, we break up, and that's our all-time high move. I don't know if the market's going to let it be that clean. You know, we rarely get what we want in that in that regard. But that's what that's the way I'm planning, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's everything's bullish, man. Everything's bullish. Yep. It's hard to be bearish here. Let's say it like that. 
It's hard to be bearish. We're going to finish with that. We'll call that a show. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Josh has been putting up great stuff on YouTube. Go to Carpe Noctum on YouTube. Follow us on uh, whatever. Where do you want us? Where, where do you want to follow us? Rate us. Rate this podcast. Follow us on Twitch. Join our Twitch streams when we do them. That kind of stuff. We just need your. We need y'all support. We appreciate it. Uh, follow me at Ledger Status. Go to LedgerStatus.com for all the places to subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Monuments crumble in the blink of an eye. The easy river has just run dry. In a house of cards, I feel the breeze wound so tight.